me not talk about family when family's all that we got. Everything I went through, you were standing there by my side. And now you're going to be with me for the last time. Hello and welcome to Too Fast and Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 20, The Fate of the Furious, Lap 2. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Samsonite Briefcases for hiding all of your nuclear codes. Samsonite is the worldwide leader in superior travel bags, luggage, and all accessories combining notable style with the latest design and technology and the utmost attention to quality and durability. Did you get your briefcase? I did, and considering our guest today, it's perfect because it's very fashionable, very fashion-forward. Exactly, that's uh, what I was... Very luxurious. Yes, exactly. That's uh, what Good, thank you, shout-out, Samsonite. They came through, they were like, hey, we know what's going on here, and they were like, how about... <laughs> You know, you get some briefcases. I was like, I could use a new aluminum briefcase for my nuclear codes. So they sent them yeah. over. So here we are talking about The Fate of the Furious once again. Every time we talk about this movie, I talk about how I don't like it. I sort of paid a little bit less attention, and I think I liked it more this time. <laughs> Roman did not bother me this time, so that's good. However, I found other things to annoy me, so we will talk about that in the full episode when our guest, Kim Basin, the luxury reporter or the U.S. luxury reporter for Bloomberg. Yes, we actually got a, uh, a high-profile, actual, serious journalist to follow in Walt's footsteps from a couple episodes ago yeah. to talk about this film franchise with us. When he is on to talk about it, I will talk about my new pet peeves with this movie. But, you know, certain things that bothered me in the past did not bother me, so progress, I guess? Yeah. I actually took a very similar step, and I also watched it kind of, like, more in the background. I was like, oh, that one's not too bad, you know? Like, when you just, like explosion car chase you know like if we weren't like intently focused on it to like pick it apart i agree Uh, it was i was like oh not too bad because i love the rest of them this one i just can't get behind and i feel like if i I just have to find and it's weird like i wonder if we would have felt differently like did you feel differently like when you came out of the theaters no i've never liked this movie okay the most i liked it i think was when we watched it either last time or maybe for charlie's like I, i like it slightly more but i've never been crazy about this. I know that either in the email that he wrote in last time or maybe the one that uh, he sent a follow-up today, I know that Wes talked about how he saw this with a crowd of like super fans and he was like super pumped on it. He still likes it a lot. Cool. But I, I, I didn't have that theater experience. You know, I didn't I didn't leave the theater yeah. being like, oh yeah, like I fucking love this movie. It was more like, oh, I'm disappointed and I'm hoping one day that I can like it more. Okay. That makes sense. So we did have a special mailbag episode last episode, if you missed bonus it, episode. If you don't hear your mail... Go check out that one, because it's in there. Yep. We didn't skip any. Yeah, no, 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 no. Before we get the mailbag today, Go we ahead. do have extracurricular activities. The last time we recorded was, when? I guess it was right after, no, wait, when was this? I guess it was right after Thanksgiving. I've basically done nothing in the last couple of weeks except for work and watch movies, because I am trying to cram... Uh, my year-end list, make sure that my, my year-end list is as accurate as possible because it matters to me. But I've not done a whole ton. I did see Tom York, which I think I talked about last time, which was very good, very cool. Not as fun as seeing Radiohead, but seeing him yeah. solo is cool. And also today, as we're recording this, Radiohead got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Not that I care about that, like the Hall of Fame, but I think it's cool that they got in. Yeah, that um, is they cool. Didn't, they didn't get in first ballot last year, but this year. I'm trying to see if there's anything else. I hung out with resident historian Mike Manzi a couple times. We did some Cage Club revisited, saw some movies in theaters. Other than that, it's been a very quiet two weeks. What about you? What have you done? I don't remember. Did we talk Did we talk before Thanksgiving or afterwards? We talked after Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah, I've been trying to lay low. Like, I've been doing too many things. I had, like, 
some work Christmas parties, stuff along those lines. You know, it's like getting close to holiday time. So there's like lots of that going on. I'm so checked out. Like I'm just like done, like giving up on like work stuff and like all this other stuff. So like I'm trying to lay low and trying to not do stuff. But then I have like all of these other like friend things to do. I was trying to remember if I talked about going to a Penguins game. I think I did. I think you did. The Ottawa, right? I think we talked yeah, about I that. Yeah, I think we talked about that. Because I asked you how the bathroom situation was. You said it was better. Yeah, I'm trying uh, to plan... Rachel almost got into a fight. trying to plan a vacation coming up soon. Got Rachel's vacation day, so like that's what, I've been working on that. And, when, and I'll have some cool news about that eventually. Maybe you can go to Havana. Yeah, I, I actually Rio was on the list, and I thought about it. I was like, "This is Brazil!" Like I literally saw it when I was looking for flights today, because I'm like very open ended on like where we could go. So, and if you want to go somewhere really super dangerous and really kind of fucked up right now, go to Brazil. Why not? Is it Brazil's not in a good not in a good position right now? And then they also just elected like this crazy, crazy extremist right wing guy to be their president. Like Brazil's not in a good place right now. I would I would avoid Rio if I could, if if I were you. Oh, that sounds probably a good idea. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but yeah. Check that one off of the list. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for helping me narrow down my list of places to go. That reminds me, like, when I was, I think, in sixth grade, they uh, they approached a bunch of, like, the honors kids or whatever, and they were just like, we're planning a trip to the Middle East and Egypt. And my dad was like, you're not fucking going to the Middle East. Like, it, yeah. in, this was even before 9-11, but even back then, it was just like, oh, no, like, this is a, you're not doing that. And I was like, but I want to go. And, like, not having any idea of, like, what the world was like, you know what I mean? So yeah, like the concept of yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, pyramids. Uh, you know, I want to see the pyramids. Bad man. Yeah, I mean, me too. It's way up there, but like, yeah. I don't know how scary Egypt actually is. I think if you're super smart about it, you could probably be okay. But also at the same time, I'm kind of worried. I don't know. You know. You know what scares me the most about it, and this is gonna be funny, is because like I like you know always like check stuff on miles and stuff like that. I know that like hotel rooms in Egypt are very cheap. And that freaks me out. Yeah, because nobody <laughs> That's they, what I mean. like, nobody's staying there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So you can go to like these like all inclusive resorts in Egypt, like very close to like the main cities, and they're like forty bucks a night and I'm like, mm, yeah. that's a little too that feels a little shady to me. That's a bad sign. You know, <laughs> like it's not great, I can tell you that much. That's how I, that's how I gauged it. I saw it and I was like, that's just a little bit too cheap. Like that's like trying to lure people in cheap, you know? Yeah. We have some fun stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks that we will talk about on the Relap Recap episode in two weeks before we start Lap 3, the ride-along lap I'm with resident historian Mike Manzi. Yeah. But anything else you want to talk about before we move on to the mailbag? No, I, that, that's it. Before we get to our mailbag, we do have a Patreon page. Patreon is, if you don't know, a way to support artists, and we are, in a sense, artists. Uh, basically artists. help us do the things that we love to do, which is watch these movies and talk about these movies. We have cool ideas on there for even more ways that we could talk about these. Uh, but you can also, more important to you, the listener, if you want to kick in a couple bucks, you can get some merch like shirts or stickers for this show. Um, so if you want to wear yeah, they'll be really pride cool. proudly. I promise they'll be really cool. Well, Joey's going to make them, but I promise they'll be really cool. <laughs> they will be. Uh, it's going to be cool, I think. I hope. I'm just ignoring my absolute 100% amount of the work and just saying it's going to be cool. <laughs> I mean, you're going to do all of it. I was giving you credit. That was like more credit than anything. Well, yeah, I was like, I they're going to be it's cool, like, it's, but I'm like, it's I'm not going to do credit. it, but they're going to be cool. Backhanded credit. Basically, like, it's gonna be, like you're going to do all the work, but it's going to be super cool. It's like, oh, okay. Thanks. 
I'm sorry. But shout out Cassie Wilson, our, our Patreon over there, uh, getting a verbal shout out on this episode. Oh, Thank you, Cassie, for throwing us a couple bucks. We appreciate you. We have an email just here on the show, family at cageclub.me. Wes Hampton, who wrote in last time, sent a follow-up email. We say we do not have to read it on air, but I'm going to read a little bit of it on air. Uh, he said that okay. he likes the mailbag as a separate episode when there's a bunch to cover like this. He really enjoys hearing everyone's email. And he said, but at the very least, it makes me feel better about not forcing other fans to listen to me rambling on for paragraphs <laughs> if they don't want to. I love hearing Wes's thoughts. I mean, it's basically, he's not like a co-host on here, but it's sort of like he's a co-host for five minutes. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's exactly. here chiming in, hearing his thoughts, moving on. Exactly. Uh, he talked about how he had attended a bunch of the feasts at the draft house. Because we asked him about that, yeah. He thinks that he and his wife went to what they, thought, what they thought was the first Lord of the Rings feast in 2005 at the original draft house location. Whoa. They were worried that they couldn't do 12 hours of movies in a stretch, but it's so much fun that they wish there had been a fourth film, which is so basically Wes, just like me, is like the opposite of you. Uh, I want more movies. You're like, I can't sit still for 45 minutes. I, so. I, yeah, I have to watch movies in, in pieces. I cannot watch a full movie straight through. Especially if it comes to, like, two hours. Like, yeah. maybe, like, an hour 20. I could probably sit through that, like, because I'm like, okay, we're getting near the end. But anything over an hour and 40. Two like pieces easily. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He talks about how his friends were basically jealous that he got to do that, so that's sort of where the idea came from. Okay. Um, and he said that there's a difference between 12 hours in the theater with carefully controlled small portion meals from the 12 hours at home on a couch stuffing your face right from the beginning. <laughs> he said that they fell asleep about halfway through and woke up exhausted to the screen telling us to change the disc for part two of the two towers. <laughs> oh, he said God. they've gotten better at pacing themselves over the years and generally don't pick four hour long movies anymore. Uh, he said that they've also gone to a Titanic feast where they served the meal, the last meal served in first class on the ship. Oh, that's He said cool. his wife loves Titanic. I read a menu once and the menu was really fucked up. Like I read like a first class menu yeah. and it was like, all of these like weird combinations of things and it was like it was like lots of like meats and milk mixed together and i was like very confused by it weird weird yeah. he said they've also gone to a an amelie feast you know amelie you know amelie yes the, yeah i've never seen it yep. but i know what it is kill bill one and two feast he said his wife also loves tarantino especially those movies the, those are my favorite tarantino movies too the kill bill movies not yeah. my favorite thing that he's written i like true romance more but love kill bill i do too he said they did a Jurassic Park party at home a few years ago before Jurassic World came out, and now they're going to plan a smaller dino brunch for next year. <laughs> There's brunch. fossilized dinosaur tracks in the creek bed near their house, and they've always wanted to take people to them, so they're going to incorporate that somehow. Then he said that if you and I are in Austin, we could join them for that, so that would be very cool. I don't know if I'm going to be down there. I don't know. First of all, Wes, dinosaurs aren't real. They were made by the government. But I will see your fake fossilized dinosaur feet happily. Footprints. And he says, lastly, as far as the Fast Five Brazilian job thing, what you read about them altering the script makes little sense. It makes more sense than Chris Morgan just randomly writing a script that's wildly different from the Fast and Furious movies and also just happens to feel a lot like the Italian job sequel was probably going to be. I just, I'm just curious if you had any definitive sources besides IMDb trivia. Yeah. Nope, because nope. I couldn't find any. As far as I'm concerned, though, that's probably exactly what happened. That's it. Keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to hearing this podcast really get nuts in the coming laps. Oh, it's so. going to get zany. I promise. Yep, yep, yep. So thank you, Wes. If you want to write in, if we have a lot of emails, we will do another bonus mailbag episode. If not, we'll just cover them on the show. Family at cageclub.me. Just say hi. We can address them in a recap. We have a recap relap coming up soon because we're finishing this one up. So that's cool. Uh, send us mail right to our Tay-Tay. Family at cageclub.me. <laughs>
Me. Two little, uh, uh, one little announcement here about the network. We have a new show that, as you're, as we're recording this, just launched its first episode today, or as you're listening to this, last week. Uh, Nico and Kevo, his husband Kevo, Nico was supposed to be on our Tokyo Drift episode, but then scheduling conflicts got in the way, so he'll be on a future episode at some point. Yeah. Uh, they launched a show today about... They're going to talk about a lot of things. What they're kicking off with is the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So they're going to do one movie a week per week up until Avengers Endgame comes out. So that's cool. It's perfectly timed there. And they're looking at the movies, not just through like an analytical lens, but also through like a an inclusion lens. Like, do you see you in the MCU? Because they are a gay married couple. And so they want to see if that's represented, if there's, you know, women represented, if there's minorities represented. Like, you know, there's all different things that's interesting. that we talk about in these movies, right? Like yeah. we talk about how there's a lot of representation, maybe not gay, but, you know, multi-ethnic men and women do you see you in fast and furious probably yes but do you see you in the mcu they're going to answer that over on html husbands talking more or less new episodes every thursday <laughs> that's cool. at cageclub.me I, I dig it that's cool i mean we we do a very similar thing so yeah feel the vibes feel the love and i think you know their their goal is after they do this they're going to go to a different franchise or something and keep going you know uh kevo i think they both love disney so they might do disney stuff they might that's do cool. Uh, I think they love, like, Buffy, maybe. I don't know. Nico is also the co-host of both X's for Podcasts about X-Men and also Now and Again, which is about the pop music, which is uh, with Chris Podcast, who was on our Tokyo Drift episode. So Nico's got his voice all over the network, all over pop culture. Uh, really smart guy. Go check out mcu.html. Okay. Oh, one other thing I want to say is that I watched before uh, we started recording. Not only did I watch Kim Basine's uh, Invitation Only series on YouTube, but I also watched the, finally, the Wax and the Furious. Oh, you did. Oh, what'd you think about it? I've said, I know I sent it to you because Adam was watching, um, shit, what's the show called? Last Week Tonight. Last Week Tonight. Yeah, he was watching Last Week Tonight, and he was like, you gotta watch last week's episode. And I was like, okay, whatever. And he's like, you have to watch it. And then so I watched it, and I really enjoyed The Wax of the Furious. It, it was nice tongue-in-cheek. It was a little long, but they didn't drag it out longer than it needed to be, even. so. Yeah, so the video on YouTube is like eight minutes. They don't really get to the thing until like three minutes, maybe. I liked it, but my, my problem with it is that I wish it was more Fast and Furious. Like, it kind of becomes a parody of like all action movies within a racing thing. Like, they, they sort it of does. parody Mission Impossible, yeah. and then there's all, like, all the president stuff, which I'm, I don't know if that's, like, a running joke on last week tonight. Yeah, I don't so know. that was just, like, they were selling these wax presidents somewhere. John Oliver showed up, to, and he, like, wanted to buy one, and it turned out that, like, John Stewart had, like, already, like, was bidding against him, like, on the phone. Like, he wasn't there, oh, but he was, like, bidding okay. against him. And so, like, when John Stewart bought the one that he wanted... Then he bought, like, five of these wax presidents, and he's just been, like, trying... Like, he doesn't know what to do with them. So okay. this is, like, that's the running joke, yeah. So, like, I feel like if I was watching that show more, I would have liked yeah. it more, but it just feels like there's just a bunch of wax presidents trying to steal back Russell Crowe's jockstrap from... Oh, do you know that joke, Cinderella too? Man. Do you know this? No, but, I mean, I, I gathered what that was from. Like, that was... They tried to save Blockbuster by having, like, a... Like, I, I got the gist of it. It just felt like... It would have been funnier if I watched the more payoff of the show. Would have been it just greater. sort of felt, yeah, it would have. I yeah, agree. it just sort of felt like okay. So if you're if you watch last week tonight, you probably have already seen it. Definitely. If you don't watch last week tonight, you can check it out. I don't think you have to, uh, but it's it's cool that again, like we say a lot, you know, mainstream popular culture loves these movies enough to reference them and parody them and you know talk about exactly. them in their their programming, their 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 content and their art. Yeah, for that point alone, you should give it a peek. On the streets. 
The only news that I have, I think, is that Isa Gonzalez, who is the female lead in Baby Driver, she's also been a couple other things lately. Okay. Uh, she's badass, she's beautiful. She is going to be in some role in Hobbs and Shaw. So The Rock announced that uh, on his Instagram. But I'm very, I mean, not that we weren't already very, very excited for Hobbs and Shaw, but she's awesome. I'm looking forward to having her in this world, in these, in this universe. And so excited even more so for Hobbs and Shaw coming out sometime next year. Do we have a date on that? I don't think so. I was actually thinking that today. I was July 26th. Yeah. Interesting. So soon-ish. Yeah. Directed by the guy who directed the first John Wick. Directed by the guy who directed Atomic Blonde. Yeah, we knew that for sure. Very excited. Do you have any other news for On the Streets or no? I haven't really been... Wes wrote in on the the email episode about we might already know this from our news finding about the, the mobile game, but like... I can't do a Google alert for Fast and Furious just because... It gives you a ton of stuff. It's a phrase that's used everywhere, yeah. So I have a little one. Michelle Rodriguez is going to be in this new movie called The Limit. Do you know okay. this? With Norman Reedus. He's for, he looks familiar. You know who that is? He's Daryl on The Walking Dead. He's also yes. from Boondock Saints. They're doing this movie called The Limit. It's it's a virtual reality film. They okay. released a trailer for it. Cool. She's like she plays an assassin, so it kind of fits in line. I think it's gonna be oh, it's gonna be like on it's it's a virtual reality film, so it's gonna be on like like Oculus Go and stuff like that, like on VR. Uh, all right. I mean, I'm not gonna watch it that way, but yeah, it's cool, I guess. Yeah, you can watch it in 180 degrees. Yeah, it's a 20 minute action movie, so it's, it's oh okay and, okay yeah, yeah, it's not like a full thing. Gotcha. But they okay. released a trailer for it, and so she's she's still working essentially. That's what I was trying cool. to say. Like, aside from Vin and The Rock, who are, like, massive stars, I mean, I think that she's got, she's going to be the most consistently working actor of the core group, you know what I mean? Because she's always sort of had her niche as, like, the, the tough, badass chick. Tyrese and Ludacris, not exactly diverse actors in terms of, like, their their range. Um, not that she is either, but she I feel like there's just more of a niche for her than just whatever Tyrese brings to movies, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you, yeah. That's, I'm, I can't wait to talk about this movie with you, because, like, on the third watch of this, I was like... I think I noticed it because you've been saying it, but, like, this was the most, like, etched-in-stone Ludacris is, right? He's, like, full Tej. Like, you say it's, like, full Roman, or, like, like a caricature of Roman the whole time. And like, Well, no, because you, you've been saying that you think this is peak Roman. Uh, like, I don't think it's Roman as a character. I think it's as a caricature. I think... Yeah, exactly. I think Tej, he might be sort of a caricature, too, but it doesn't bother me as much because he's not as in-your-face about it. Yeah, you know I, mean? I, I just noticed it this time. He was, like full Tej, like, committed to being, like, every, like, extreme of his character's personality traits. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, I started noticing it just because you were pointing out. Well, new lab observations before we take a quick break. I will just say really quickly, I noticed a lot of references to past movies in this one. Okay. That, you know, early on, very, very early, when they're talking about both the, the Cuban Nas, but also, like, the, the vacuum line that when they're in that opening race. Dom says this is an old trick the Buster used to pull, so I like that he's, you know, referencing Brian there. Yeah. They talk about Bullet. When they jumped out, like, when when Roman was talking about something and, like, about not wanting to do something or whatever, and they reference again to, you know, when he was afraid to fly out of the plane, so that's another thing there. Yeah. And then there was one other moment, at least, that I noticed, I think. Oh, when in the street, on the streets, when Dom shoots Deckard, right? And Go ahead. He, he says right before he says that, he's like, they thought this was going to be a street fight, which is the kind of a callback to the end of Furious 7, where that's like they have back and forth where yeah. a gun versus like wrenches and stuff like that. So I just thought that it was kind of cool. This feels more, maybe that's not a good thing. I don't know, but I, I sort of appreciate that it's, it's more sort connected. of self-referential. That yeah. it's, it's, it's 
honoring or remembering past movies. Really, there's like 14 hours of these movies before. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a yeah. lot of history to tap into. So, uh, yeah. What did you notice this time around that you never noticed around before, aside from Ludacris? Picking up exactly where you left off, I totally forget every time I watch this movie that Deckard Shaw gets murdered and then comes back to life. Because, like, well, I remember... Fake murdered. Exactly, but, like, I totally miss that whole point every time. Like, I was watching it now, and I know that he's on the plane at the end with the baby. Yep. I know that he's in the beginning, like, when they're on The Most Wanted, and he comes in the room. But that in-between time, when they, they come back to the room or something, and they're like, did we, like, lose anybody? And they're like, Shaw's gone. Or, like, we lost Shaw or something like that. And I was like... Wait, did they fake kill Shaw? And like, you know, like I'm like watching, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? And then he like, like he wasn't dead, and I was like, oh shit, I totally forgot that they even attempt to do that. Not that like, not that he doesn't come back to life or something. Like, I just forget that whole middle part. I think it's just there so that like Ram, that Cipher can sort of forget, like not have to worry about him, and so that they're sort of in a sense off the radar so that he and Owen can sneak onto the plane, rescue baby Brian, yeah. Brian Marcos. No, that's exactly what it is. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. That and, um... Oh, fuck. What else was I going to say? There was something else that was, like, on this note. Well, think about it. Save it. We'll talk to, talk about it with Kim when he joins right after this break. <laughs> Welcome back to Too Fast, Too Furious. Nope. Too Fast, Too Forever. <laughs> <laughs> fate of the Furious. I was trying to get the movie down, like I was thinking about the... Okay. Fate of the Furious, it. Lap 2. This episode is brought to you by Samsonite. The company was founded by Jesse Schwarter in 1910 in Denver, Colorado, and began business as a truck manufacturing company, a trunk manufacturing company. I can't read or think at all today. Thank you, Samson. I think you're probably just starstruck by our guest. We mentioned him earlier. I am. I'm tongue-twisted. I'm really excited to talk to Kim. He is the host of the Invitation Only series on YouTube. Four videos right now, all worth your time. The Bloomberg, was it Luxury Reporter or U.S. Luxury Reporter? What's your official title over there? I'm the U.S. Luxury Reporter because we have a European luxury reporter and people in Asia, and it's just a, it's a lot. It's a lot of people, but so I uh, really cool. Yeah, I just cover the, the American company, the U.S. luxury reporter from Bloomberg, Kim Basin. Hello, Kim. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. My very first question to you: I'm imagining the answer is yes, but did you have input, or did you do any work on the incredible stats of the Furious? thing that Bloomberg published a couple years ago. I did. Uh, that oh that was God. a lengthy, lengthy project that we did. Um, until January, I also covered pop culture here at Bloomberg, so that's why I was in on that one. That that's really cool. was so cool. Walt sent us that. It's like our Bible here, It is our Bible here, because like, we were sort of following some of those things, and then we saw it, we were like, oh, they did the actual legwork in terms of like bicep flexes and corona sips and hugs and all the things that we love so much about these movies you guys quantified and it's incredible to see yeah that was that was that was quite a project it was uh i don't know how many people were involved i think about 10 it was like data visualization people we had two writers on it we had graphics we had (laughs) it was quite a production it probably i think it took about Two months to do? Jeez. Yeah, it would be three people in a room watching every (laughs) single one of the Fast and Furious movies, basically frame by frame. Like, it was... 
<laughs> you would see Tyrese's bicep and be like, oh, God. Oh, okay. Stop, 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 stop. Go back a few frames so you get the second right. <laughs> Got to get the timestamp. Okay. Tyrese's bicep is on for exactly three seconds, and then we go back. <sighs> That's over and over so and awesome. over and over and over again. Those sound like our kind of people, so I'm glad that you're here. I'm looking, oh, yeah, forward, it, I'm looking forward to the day where, like, machine learning, a robot's purpose is just to, like, to go deep and, like, you could be like, okay, Siri, uh, how many times does Michelle Rodriguez pout in these movies? And then, like, in 30 <laughs> seconds, you could be like, oh, it's 17 times, and here are the timestamps. So you guys are just doing the, the Lord's work in terms of giving us those stats that we so very desperately need. Did you actually do any of the, like, the sit and watching were you in the room watching it oh yeah yeah we, we were in the room <laughs> I, I was in the room we, we would talk like we would talk a lot about what what was a shift because we calculated all the shifts what was uh when does a race actually end let, okay let me just read you the methodology <laughs> for racing time and we published okay. this uh and because we calculated how much racing time happened in every single movie mm-hmm. racing yes time. this measures the length of any race involving motorized vehicles cars jet skis etc including but not limited to formal competitions between two or more drivers impromptu street races and individual time trials for racing or drifting for races that do not conclude with a scene shift uh racing time ends when the competition appears to conclude a formal race <laughs> between two people ends when the winner crosses the finish line a formal formal race between two or more people or more more than two people on the other hand might end when the penultimate finisher crosses the finish line if the other losing racers fail to fi- this keeps going by the way <laughs> for another like two paragraphs on racing and chasing time it was it was nuts i want to be in the room when you'd like when you decided where somebody's like but what but what if somebody doesn't finish and you're like okay okay and you like draw up the rules again it's like you created your own sport i love it yeah we almost got all of these kind of like fights over what what what's a bicep and what's not they couldn't be wearing short sleeve (laughs) shirts because it's only like half a bicep it's got to be the whole (laughs) bicep I love it. And just that to be clear, really you got paid for this, so that's, you know, yeah, I this love was, it. Yeah, this was during work hours. Always. I am infinitely <laughs> jealous. So jealous. So obviously you've seen all eight movies. I mean, I feel like because you're talking about the eighth, you obviously would have seen them all, but you poured over them more closely than we ever have. Um, but when was the first time you saw, like, did you see, what was the first one you saw, and when was that, and then how did you see the rest of them? I believe I saw the first first one maybe not when it came out but but soon after it did okay uh and then i saw the rest of them probably in order except for maybe four i probably glossed over four and then i was like oh my god the rocks in fast five (laughs) and then uh (laughs) and then went in on five again have you seen them a lot Uh, aside from your careful meticulous devotion to these in the in the hallowed halls of bloomberg how many times have you seen these movies sort of by choice in your in your daily life? If you, if you total them all together, yeah, maybe 50, 60 times. Okay. By now, mo- okay. Like mostly the first. I've seen this. I I can't like stop watching the second when it's just on somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> five a bunch of times. Furious Seven. I've, I might have seen like the second most besides the first one because I think it's my, like my second favorite. I think. Yeah, I've seen them a lot. It's a. Uh, it's one of the things that becomes a running joke in your life, and you just kind of stick with it. Yeah, we understand. Yeah, <laughs> we get it. That sort of transitions to the next question. Then, if you had to rank them, how would you rank them? And you, I mean, it doesn't have to be definitive order, but if you, you know, which ones do you like more than the rest? Or if you do have a definitive order. We'd love to hear that too. I like the first one the most, but but I'm pretty sure that's more just nostalgia. Yep. Not that I like it more than the others. It's just what makes me feel the most like emotion when I see it. But maybe okay. Let's go one, five, seven, 
six. I'm not going to put eight in there yet because I'm not sure. Uh, okay. Then okay. two, three, four. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is eight close to the top or where, like where would eight roughly fall on that list? Eight's probably above too fast and below okay. six. Yeah. Okay. Near the bottom. Near, to Near the, the bottom. In the, in the middle-ish somewhere, yeah. Yeah, middle middle to bottom. All right. Okay. Because this is a movie that, you know, I, I every time I talk about we even talked about it in the little intro segment that we just recorded before you joined us, that, like, I've got different problems with this movie every time I watch it. You know, we did a whole podcast about Charlie Theron, and I was like, oh, man, like, Charlie's crossing over with my favorite franchise. Like, this is going to be great. I don't love her in these movie, in this movie. I don't like Dom Against the Family. This time around, Joe, I sort of teased at the beginning... I don't like the editing of a lot of this movie. Oh, you don't? Like, early on, when they're breaking out of that German facility, right? And they're all, like, in different cars, they're all talking to each other. It feels so disconnected from each other. Like, it feels like they were not recording those at all together. Like, it feels to me, it reminds ah. me of when we went down to Orlando to the supercharged ride, and we're like, oh, yes. these are all just, like, ludicrous in a sound booth. They're, like, Phoned in a green in. screen. Yeah. yeah. Like, it feels like that. Like, it feels like a lot of this movie, and maybe it's just because they're big names now and they're bigger than ever before but it just feels like there's more of this where like they're not together like there's obviously still the shots where like the family is together but i feel like this time around my problem was like it just feels like pieced together and not in a cohesive way if that makes sense yeah i can see that there's a lot of weird like slow-mo shots in this one too having i I don't think i really noticed it the first time and i'm just like what 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 why yeah. It wasn't even like a consequential scene. It's just like a bullet falling to the ground. Like, all right, cool. I just was about to bring that up. That's the that's the one that I remember too. Like when they're driving on the ice, I was watch, watching it this time, and I saw that bullet fall in slow motion with like the smoke coming out of it. And I was like, were you guys just playing with CGI, or is like that necessary? Like this is something that wasn't part of the thing. We've we've definitely seen them like shift in editing and touches like that. Justin Lin, when he came on, you know, he like definitely had his own directorial touches then when i was watching this one i was like oh we're kind of bringing that back but with a different flair and i vividly remember the exact thing that you're talking about yeah it's almost like you're they're trying to make the movie cool with those slow-mo but like the movie is already cool like you have crazy action you've got great characters you've got big actors that we all love like you don't have to ramp up the cool by resorting to like sort of Hollywood-ish cliches. Yeah. You know, F. Gary Gray never did one of these movies before. I think James Wan did a good job following up after Justin Lin did 3 through 6. And I think Justin Lin's coming back maybe for 9 and 10. And we were just talking about before about how David Leitch is going to do Hobbs and Shaw, which I am super ecstatic for because I think he's a great director. But it's just this one just doesn't work in different ways for me. And I feel like maybe one time I'll be able to watch it and it'll all come together for me. But until then... And I'm going to be still finding little things to just not really be crazy about. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to get there. I, uh, it's a bummer. You don't think so? It's a bummer, man. <laughs> what, if, what if 9 comes out and it's just like, we're like, oh, God, we wish you could have just had 8 again. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's probably possible. It's just like you, you don't need those little flourishes when you're already, like, blowing up a submarine. Like it's, yeah. it's, You got the action already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, Kim, before we talk about this movie in particular, specifically about this movie, we've got some uh, either-or questions, really the lightning round, that we want to sort of get a sense of who you are in this world. Are you ready for these? Oh, I am so ready for these. Are you more of a Brian or a Dom? Uh, Brian. Okay, cool. I feel like most people are Brian. Walt surprises by saying he's a Dom, but, you know, most people, I think, are a Brian, so... Walt's a Dom. He's definitely... (laughs) <laughs> I think I think that there's like a disqualifier. Like if you say you're Dom, you're probably not Dom, but you'd also not say you're Brian. So it's it's kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah, you'd, know you'd say like I'm neither. I'm me. You know that would be it. And then that would be definitely Dom. Exactly. I'm no knees to yeah. knees. 
<laughs> yeah. Are you more a Mia or a Letty? Oh, definitely a Mia. Okay. I, I am nowhere cool enough to be Letty. Roman or a Tej? A Roman. Okay. Yeah, my friends make fun of me about that all the time because it's so loud. <laughs> and like, if if we were doing uh, like a heist or something, I would definitely be the uh, distraction person. Ooh. Okay. Cool. Ooh. So if we had to, you know, if we had to sneak in to to steal a car off of a skyscraper in sure the Middle East, I would, uh, that, that'd be me. Sing happy birthday? That would be me singing happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Joe, we've not been asking our guests, but Kim, this is the, the first question, the first time we're going to ask this question. Do you, I think I know where you have a favorite character? Do I have a favorite character? Yeah. My favorite character is Roman. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I love Roman too. I'm a big Roman fan. He's one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite, so I agree. It's like, yes, it's comic relief, but then he gets that moment in uh, Fate where he uh, shoots those guys off of uh, snowmobiles with a gun, and I, yeah. I, I popped big in the, in the theater. I was, I was so psyched. <laughs> you know, they, we, I've talked about, uh, like, past times we've talked about this movie, I've said how I don't like Roman in this movie because I feel like he, had, he was such a good character in 2 and 4 and 5 and 6 and 7 and then here he feels like a caricature this time around he didn't bother me as much but like I, I feel like that's just like a, a super badass thing I've never had a problem with that where he's just like the time for messing around is behind me now I need to take care of this business and like you know use the the <laughs> the, the, the Lamborghini door or whatever car he's in to slam a guy in the face take his gun and shoot three yeah. of the guys like it's awesome. Yeah, you can't get more badass than that, I don't think. He does get most of his character development out in the in the second movie where he has the most screen time. But yeah. yeah, he evolves a little bit. Are you more of a Deckard or an Owen Shaw? Oh, God. I'm not cool enough to be Statham. So let's say you're, Owen. You're Owen, okay. Okay. I feel like that's a, a lot of these questions, like the Dom or Brian, Mia or Letty, Deckard or Owen, are all sort of similar. Like, are you, like, how alpha are you? And I feel like... For most of the thing, like you were saying before, Joe, like if you say you are, you're probably not. So Jackard is just <laughs> exactly. so cool. So you know, unless you're unless you're fake alpha, like Roman is. That okay. he's he, he's a wannabe alpha, but he's never gonna get there. You know. You mean double exactly. alpha? Yeah, double alpha. Yeah, yeah. from Furious Seven, right? Double alpha. Okay. Fun fact: my uh, my best my best man uh, said that in his speech. Double oh. alpha man candy. That's you know what I'm <laughs> awesome. Was it was it a Fast and Furious reference, or did he just happen to use the same? No, no it was a real Fast and Furious reference. Perfect. In his oh my god, that's even better. Wedding. It was amazing. That's even I had better. one friend get married, and his, the, the best man at his... It was either the best man or the officiant at his wedding, because the officiant was like a friend. Their entire speech was all like Braveheart-themed, and I was like, man, like I wish that I, when I get married, I have someone who knows me well enough to like pepper in like either like Nicolas Cage references or Fast and Furious re- You know what I mean? Just like, not to ruin <laughs> yeah. the day, but like to, to just sort of pay respect to like a good friend and like what they love. So that is, you know, that's the mark of a true good, a true, uh, a true best man. So I think you picked right, Kim. Okay. American muscle or imports? American muscle. Oh man. Everybody loves the muscle. Except for Austin. Yeah. Everybody except for Austin. Yep. All right. Corona or Belgian ale? Corona. All right. Yeah. Are you more, this is again, this, I feel like this might come into the Roman category. We'll see. Are you more of a racer or a designer? Racer. Okay. Need the glory. You gotta be on camera. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what somebody else said too, right? They were like, they were like, you need to do the things so that like people see you yeah. and you win or something. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kim. If you had won ten or eleven million dollars, or maybe you, you know, had on that that four million dollar diamond that you get to wore on invitation only, you they just happened to walk Ooh, out of the store with it, yeah. and you had four million dollars in your pocket. Would you bet it all on red or on black? Red. Okay. Red. It just seems like a more exciting color. 
I teeter. I teeter. Like, if you asked me this question, I could have been, like, confident that I answered black one time, and then I'll be like, yeah. no, definitely red. Why would I have ever picked black last time? Yeah, I'm not sure, Joe. We're going to we're gonna have to figure this out for the next episode, though, when we do our Real Lab recap, because we've not answered these questions, Kim. So, I mean, we have to True. let the fans know exactly who we are, as though hours and hours of us talking weren't enough to, you know, let them know who we are. <laughs> you got to let them know. You got to tell them. Got to tell them. Okay, I have a little bit of a different wording than we've been giving this, giving for this, but okay, you're behind the wheel of a car. Would you rather have to race down a plane that's about to take off and ride into that plane, or would you rather <laughs> be shot out of the plane like Roman is in Furious 7? Uh, am I being shot out on my, like... Either is way, someone else shooting me out, or am I driving out of the plane? You're driving you out you unless or. you're afraid to drive out. Either way, you're leaving the plane. <laughs> okay, but if I'm not afraid to drive out, I can just drive out without yeah. someone opening a parachute. Yeah. You get full Brian. And all that, exactly. that abruptness. Okay, yeah, I would jump out of the plane, yeah. Do you think the word oil is one <laughs> syllable or two syllables? <laughs> I'm just going to say it and then see what happens. Oil. It's two. It's two syllables. Beautiful. Thank you, thank you. And I have okay. one last question that I got for this movie, okay? I got a new one for this one. I got a new one for this round. I was inspired. Well, I have one, I have one for this round. First. Okay. Would you rather be rescued from icy water or from a fiery Ooh. explosion? Because at the end of this movie, Roman gets rescued from underwater by Tej, mm-hmm. and Dom yeah. gets saved by the entire family from the fiery explosion of the submarine. I'd rather get saved from the fiery explosion. Cool. I, g- I got one. Okay, so this is my new one. You, you inspired it earlier. If you were running a distraction like Roman, and you had to sing a song, what would your go-to song be? <laughs> My go-to song would absolutely be Seal's Kiss from a Rose. Ooh. Thank you. Great song. Excellent choice. That's beautiful. I love Batman. I love Seal. I listen to that song a lot. So. Joe, that's a great That's a great question. Did you like that question? I Good. I thought you would like that one. Okay. Cool. Well, Kim, I appreciate that. Later in the episode, we are going to play our... Uh, which Fast and Furious character are you quiz that we found online, so we'll know definitively if you are a Roman or not. But for now, those are great questions. We appreciate your answers to the hardest-hitting questions you might answer all day. So thank you for that. (laughs) Easily the hardest-hitting. All right, so now to talk about Fate of the Furious, we'll kick things off. Kim, if you had to say, in this movie, what would you say is the most family moment? The moment that you think defines either the moment or the line or the action or the scene or whatever that you think most defines what it means in this universe when we say family. Because this is our family lab, so family we're just, lab. like, focusing on family. Yeah. I think uh, the the obvious answer is the, is the end scene. Which the, it's the only real full family scene of the whole film at the at the very, very end because you get introed to them while they're on a mission already, which is more team than family, you know? Yep. Yeah. But maybe it's uh, Letty's line, you're going to turn your back on family when Vin Diesel shows back up, you know, Dom. They oh, see him for okay. the first time again after after he betrayed them. And then yeah. she says that line, and you're like, oh, right, yeah, they really care about each other. Yeah, and, and Letty's, like, still focused on all of the family when she's like, you're going to turn your back on all of us. I like that. That's a good one. I didn't think about that one. I also like that's a little bit of not hypocritical on Letty's part, but like she just got her memory back, and she's like, "How are you?" She just how she just erased her memory. How are you going to betray her. the family? Like, so. Letty, you haven't been part of the family really for like four movies. Like, let's pump the brakes a little <laughs> bit on the criticism. <laughs> Doctor, heal thyself. Yeah, right. Physician, heal thyself first. But no, those are two yeah. really good choices. Joe, what do you have for most family moment in Fate of the Furious? For me, it's obvious when Dom like kind of saves them at the end, mm-hmm. and like stops like the bullets and stuff like that but i was thinking this time 
the most family moment for me was he and Letty are there, and she's like something about like being hungry, and he's like, you know what, honey, you stay in bed. I'll go to the store. I'm gonna go get groceries for us. And I was like, it's a very cute little family moment. A baguette you know and what a I rose. Mean? Yeah, exactly. It's just like a tender, like a familial thing you would do for somebody that you loved in your family. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. That's great. You know, I'm going to pick a moment. I don't know if it's the most family moment, but it's definitely a very family moment. Okay. Right after that, it's after Cypher has sort of intercepted Adam on the streets of Havana and is like, you're going to work for me. Shows on the phone. We don't see what's on the phone, but we see it's Atlanta and a baby. Dom goes against the family, right? My yeah. pick for the most family moment is very early on. We don't know what he's doing in the moment, but when he adds that tracking chip to his necklace, it's like... These yeah. are the seeds of the, you know, the escape plan, the revenge plan against Cypher, right? Like he is, I'm going to have to do some bad things, but I'm, before we even get started, true to my family. And this is how I'm going to save the people I care about the most. Use this however I need to use it. So I think that's a yeah. foresight and love. And, you know, I know I have to do some bad things, but in my heart. It's a little yeah. family planning. Ooh, oh. I like that a lot. Now, Kim, on the other side of that coin... It might be obvious. Let's let's set aside Dom's heel turn here. What would you say is the least family moment in this movie? Aside from the obvious of, you know, Dom just becoming evil. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a couple here, and they all involve the same thing, and that's forgiving Deckard. Because he killed okay. Han, man. That's really, justice, <laughs> justice for Han. For Han. Yeah. Justice it's for Han. It's definitely justice for Han. It, it's, every, it, it's every moment that uh, they just totally forget that. I get that The Rock, by the way... Hobbs, like, isn't as close with them or with Han, so he feels this kindred connection to Deckard. So when they have their little bro moment underneath the... As they're picking up that engine in the, <laughs> and they smile at each other, and then at the end, like, I, I get that. But it's everyone else who, you know, justice for Han. Yeah, justice for Han, man. I agree. I think you, you told us that you had listened to a previous episode. Are you aware, did you hear, do you remember our theory about Hobbs, that he is... We're hoping that he's a gay character. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I listened to that one. Do you think? Yeah. Do, do you see that, or do you think that's crazy? Do you think that's possible? I guess is a better way of asking that. I think it is possible, but I also don't think that they would ever like admit it. Okay. In the in the same okay. way that like in Fantastic Beasts, it's alluded to over and over again with Dumbledore, but they never say it. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Just because? Do you think it would? Why not? Because it would alienate middle america i don't know these are such like testosterone fueled movies mm-hmm. they haven't gone too far off the the like traditional path of of action movie like there's only yes it's a it's more diverse than than most movies out there mostly racial diversity and and yeah and gender but mm-hmm. it's that it's that other front that they haven't they, they should and i think hobbs would be an awesome gay character but yeah. i just don't trust them to do it basically you know and re and re-watching this movie i feel like the movies are just becoming more and more asexual as they go on in this movie we have we have some shots at ramsey well yeah Ro- roman and tej are hitting on ramsey relentlessly in this movie but aside from that you know you see bodies well, we lost in, gal yeah i mean it just it feels like that relationships especially you know now that brian and mia aren't part of it, it feels like relationships aren't front and center anymore and like sex isn't front and center anymore so i feel like adding in any kind of new sexual dynamic might not make sense given the trajectory of the series, potentially. I don't know. What if we make it to 10 and then it's like in the very last scene, they're like, we're glad we're still family. And then like Hobbs looks at us and goes, 
and this is my boyfriend, and winks. And then the and movie just ends? For us. And then the franchise Yeah, he's just, he's just talking to us. Like, they like they had been listening to Too Fast, Too Forever the whole time, and, like, they just give us a little nod at the end of the movie. And he says, this is my boyfriend, and it's the both of us on screen? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the best. That's my ultimate dream of what happens. That would be great. And he's just holding both of us, like, in a headlock. <laughs> Just under his massive arms. I would be so excited. And all of America is like, who the fuck are these two guys? <laughs> yeah, worded. I don't remember those characters at all. All right, That's Joe, what, I can dream. what is your pick for the least family moment in Fate of the Furious? I think the least family moment, which is kind of a most family moment in, in, in its reality, is when Helen Mirren is crying about that... <laughs> that um decker doesn't want to take owen with him on the mission and he's like fine i'll take him and he's and then she's like okay thanks because like the least family moment is that that he doesn't want to take his brother right but it's also so realistic that you like don't want to bring your little brother with you that like it's kind of both for me but that's what i was thinking although this time. is it realistic that he wouldn't want to bring him because he just like killed dozens of hospital employees to get to his brother and then he flew to he flew to Tokyo to kill someone he had never met to avenge his brother like no he loves his brother he just doesn't want to like like okay. you know what i mean yeah. like, you can love your sibling and then also not want to hang out with them yeah. yeah and he thinks his brother's going to mess up cuz he just messed up a few times so he's like oh exactly. come on he just did that <laughs> and now i had to save him and uh. exactly that's what i was saying so it's like it's so real but it's so like Oh, that sucks. Like, it's his little brother, man. You should take him with you. You know, while we're talking about Deckard, before I get to my least moment, I really am excited for, like, this This watching got me even more excited for Hobbs and Shaw because I feel like there's more backstory to Deckard than there is to most of the newer characters. Like, we... Yes. We, we found out in the last movie about how, like, you know, he did all this different stuff that they tried to, like, take him out, and he took out, like, these 30 guys that got sent to him. And he's essentially, like, a Navy SEAL or whatever yeah. the British equivalent of that this is. This movie, he's got, the, he got the British Cross, which is, like, the highest award honored. Like, you know, it's just, like, yep. he's got this history that we don't really know at all. We honestly don't know Hobbs's either. Right, and I think so that's that, that's that's cool. Like, we feel like we know these guys, but we don't really. I'm fully with you. I'm really stoked for Hobbs and Shaw, and I think they can do a lot with it. Like, it's very open-ended. More so than if you were, like... Let's talk about Tyrese's backstory. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Let me think what my least family moment would be. I mean, it's so hard that so much of this movie, so much of like what I don't like about this movie is what I've basically made it that we can't choose. Like everything Dom does is just terrible. I'm struggling here. Let me think I'm going to come you. back. But yeah, so so while I think about that, Kim, what do you like? What are your overall thoughts about this movie? Like, it's not one of your favorites, but like, what do you like about it? What do you wish they did differently? Do you think like could Charlize come back for future movies? Like, what what is your sense of like what's new about this? What you like? What you don't like? So on and so forth. Easily, the thing I dislike most about this movie was Cipher. And the character, and what she did, and what her motivations are, and her... What is her motivation? I still can't knows? figure it out. She was like, I need a nuke to threaten things, and then that, that was kind of it. I, I draw a, a parallel to her with the Timothy Oliphant's character in the fourth Die Hard movie, Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's, he's like a hacker, right? And he's just trying, he's trying to steal money, essentially. But he has, he has, he has a way to, he has something that he's shooting for. 
It's like, what's she going to do with this? I don't know. No one knows. Why do we care yeah. if we don't know? And we also don't know if she actually lives or not because she just, like, falls off the plane. I'm thinking now that they're setting this up to be, like, a sequel. Like, Nine will still involve her. I hope so. And be kind of, like, finish this story of, like, what she was trying to do, what her, what globally she was trying to accomplish. Because if not, then they this movie just is totally written off. It's, like, even more disconnected than Tokyo Drift at this point. If, if Cypher just comes in and like disappears and she's gone like it just has no place in this world even like tokyo drifts disconnect is more like a side story disconnect than anything this is the main story of fast and furious we talked about how like chris morgan who's written the last handful of movies wrote this one too i'm not saying that like these movies have ever been like the best written movies of the year but they've always had characters that make sense and have motivation and like it just doesn't feel in line with his writing to have such a, like a, a vague character that isn't going to be paid That's off. That's what at I'm some saying. Point. Yeah, we have to have something out there. The truth is out there, Joey. <laughs> I wrote down this time like all of her lines are just like get ready for this tap 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 and it's just like <laughs> then she just does some like weird shit with cars like it's just it, it, not like she doesn't have any menace like it just it just empty. <laughs> <laughs> threats but is it her acting too in this because re- like she seems like she really phoned this one in i don't know if they were telling her to play like hacker and kind of like disconnected or if she just like totally checked out for this movie there's a totally absurd scene in in the in the last the, the long russia sequence with the with the ice chase and everything where they're like hacking back and forth over the submarine i think and it's ramsey yeah. and her and it's just one of them says something into their computer and then the other one says something and back and forth and back and forth oh so so thrilling everything else is like a fight like a fist fight and guns are going off and explosions <laughs> and they're just typing real fast <laughs> They're just on Mavis Beacon, just like da 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 da, trying to get a high score. They just gotta get, they just gotta get that high score. So re- real quick, uh, t- get a quick Tetris game in there as you're hacking a submarine. I mean, I would love if he was if they were actually playing Tetris. Like they just pull a scene out of Office Space and just you know Cipher just waiting and just playing Tetris and like the two player Tetris, like the one that they're like sending lines over back and forth. Yeah, That'd be pretty cool. But you know, <laughs> I like it. I know that this sort of falls in line with what I was you know saying to avoid. But I think the least family moment is not Dom going evil, but Dom just letting Cypher kiss him in front of Letty. Like, that is... Like, I know that she knows that something's up, yeah. but, like, it's just devastating. We even saw when we did that Charlize clip show for Watch the Throne, we watched uh, Charlize on... I think it was Ellen, right? Talking about... No, she was talking to Vin, right? Ellen was talking to Vin about kissing Charlize, and Charlize yeah. said it was about, like, kissing a dead fish, and Vin got, like, he lost his mind. He's supposed <laughs> to be, like, you know listless in that scene because he doesn't want to be doing that but I just feel like wasn't that his argument he was like he was like that I was kissing you in front of my like wife girlfriend in the movie like yeah. I wasn't like trying to make out with you but that's just a that's just a really I mean the whole like him against Letty especially after like you know for movies now he's been like trying to build her trust back up right and like he remembers the life into her and you know you can't tell someone that they love you and they're finally together and then for him 25 movie minutes later kiss cypher in front of her just like oh man like that is that's that's brutal that's brutal stuff yeah but i do like that she says in this movie like she's got a line i think that's where right after that scene where he kisses her they they they, you know stun grenade them and take the god's eye and leave and she just says that wasn't Dom. And like she remembers him, she knows him now, and she just knows that like that's not him. Like that's not the guy that I love. So I think that's a 
an important moment. Then makes pretty much one face in this whole movie. It's just he's brooding and he doesn't know what to do and he's a little <laughs> angry, but he doesn't want to let his rage out because then the bad guy will do something to his family. So he just has a blank stare on for two and a half hours. Like it was so hard to get emotion out of him because there he couldn't. His character couldn't. Therefore, he was just kind of a boring bald guy. The one time he does act up, he, uh, Cypher kills Elena. Yeah, and this is exactly what I was saying. Watching this movie this time, I was thinking, man, Vin Diesel's actually acting really well in this, like seeing him versus Charlize, where like his character in this moment would be precisely what he's doing. You know what I mean? So he's selling it in the sense that he is like brooding and has to be quiet and has like the same like stone face on the whole time and it actually makes more sense than like us being like oh he was kind of lazy in this one or something like it it makes sense for the character yeah they just shouldn't have put the character in that situation to me <laughs> yeah that's also a good point yeah fair because i was paying attention to him extra i mean because this is more of a movie about him than the family because he goes against the family but you know last episode joe we were just talking with austin about when vin when dom looks worried right and about how you know, he, he doesn't know if these things are going to work or whatever. And if, I was trying to see if he shows those emotions here. But I think you're right. Like, he's he's acting well in that, like, he can't show emotion. Because if he shows yeah. emotion, things are going to go poorly for him, which they do over and over again in this movie. <laughs> yep. I mean, I just I just hope, and we said it last time and we said it before, like, I just, I just want to see Cypher come back. Kim, do you think there's theories online about how she could be another Shaw sibling or she could be related to Brian or she could be this or she could be that. Do you see any kind of, do you think it's, it's likely that she's related to someone we know or is she just sort of some external villain that hopefully they fill in the backstory later? Like how do you see her or do you see her fitting into the, the world at large any more than she already is in this movie? I think they just keep going up the villain ladder, mm-hmm. right? They trace her all the way back to like the fourth movie with uh, the the drug runners and everything, they obviously she's had dealings with the Shaws in the past, and it'll probably just keep going up from here. Like who's her boss, and then so on, so on, so on, because they they've been doing that for the past the it's entire like time. Yeah, Putin? it's just it's just Putin. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> like in the net, Putin has a cameo in the ninth movie. <laughs> He's just like it was me, and that's it. They they do go to a Russian separatist military base in. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I was like, he has to be the one she's answering to. He he wants the he wants the nukes. I need to start enjoying this movie. Otherwise, I think these are going to be the shortest episodes of any of the episodes, just because like I don't have things like I feel like I just keep venting my frustrations, and I don't want to keep ragging on this movie. So tell me tell me some fun things about this. What what did you like this watch? I liked Roman more this watch. I like that he the movie the story itself is super serious that Dom is literally playing a game of life or death with his former lover and his new son. Yeah. And so I think you True. need to have Roman be a little bit more even more over the top than normal. So I think that that worked better here. I still just really 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 love everything with Jason Statham, like the the fight with The Rock in the beginning, and then also his entire plane rescue at the end with the baby. Like, that's all just so I think Jason Statham good. is is really amazing in this one. I, I agree with that. The whole the whole baby scene when he puts on the Chipmunks Christmas album, yep. and you see his, like, more tame side, that's just perfect. I wish we would have seen more Owen in this situation together. You know what I mean? But, like, Owen just kind of, like, comes in the plane and disappears... Well, I think that's like the surprise, right? Like we don't we don't expect him to be here. So the fact that he's there at all, it's lacking in character just because like I feel like him being there 
is the moment, right? And then I also think that, that maybe by this point, they thought they could maybe have like a Jason Statham spinoff and they want to focus on him more. So Fair. I can see that. That makes sense. That. I hope that we get more Owen in the spinoff. Yeah. And I think that they like kind of wasted us caring about him multiple times. They keep bringing him back, but not enough to be like, hey, he's important, you know? Yeah. And I'd also love to see Helen Mirren in the spinoff. Like, I want more of the... She is, I thought. I think so, too. Like, just the whole Shaw family. Yeah, so I think we're going to get that. They're probably going to give her give him a sister. Who's it going to be? It's going to be like... Oh, shit, what's her name? No, they they cast Claire Foy, right? Was it Claire Foy? No, they cast somebody. Hold on. I keep imagining, like, a redheaded actress. I know you know who I'm thinking of, Joey, but I can't figure out her name. Oh, it was Vanessa Kirby they cast from Mission Impossible, from The Crown. She's going to be the Shaw sister. She's a British actress. She's great. Who's the redhead that you're talking about? I can't think of what she's in, and it's not Vanessa Kirby, but she fits too. So what what else about this movie, Kim, do you have like a strong feeling toward one way or the other? Because I feel like this is probably the most polarizing of the movies, I think. Like, I think two people sort of dislike a little bit more because it just sort of feels like a step down maybe from the first in a way. People don't like Tokyo Drift because it feels like a side story, and people don't like four mm-hmm. in certain ways. But I feel like this of the... Of the rest of them, or maybe of all of them, this feels kind of like the most polarizing because it should be so great in terms of the budget, in terms of like the level of the story we're at, and it's just not. But you know, what else do you feel about this movie super strongly, one way or the other? I feel like the the one-liners were better in this one, and like the, the Rock embraced his inner wrestler, and when he was delivering lines to yes. to Statham back and forth and things like that, he says "some bitch" twice. <laughs> That's amazing. I really want us to get to a point in these when he starts bringing back, like, full rockisms, right? Like, I want him to do, like, do you smell what I'm cooking? But I think we're working our way towards that. And I hope that, like, in the next one, like, in Hobbs and Shaw or something, we can get a little bit more of these. Like, I want, like, an eyebrow raise, all of these kind of things that come back. All the the set pieces in this are also pretty good. I mean, the... The submarine chase is is great. You get to see the rock push a torpedo. Like, that's bananas. Right? Yeah, with his hand. With his hand. Yeah. Yeah. With his hand. <laughs> I mean, it's believable, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, the sets are great. You're, you're absolutely right. I think so, too. I think this has some of the best action in any of them. The prison fight is just awesome. But again, that's that's just Statham and, and the rock carrying all of that with... Uh, there's a, the rubber bullets thing where uh, he gets shot a couple times and he yeah. just flexes and then picks someone up and tosses them. That's that's hilarious. Rubber bullets. Yeah. Big mistake. Big mistake. It's so good. Like, that whole, like, the music in there, like, outside of that scene, that music is probably the most annoying music in the world, but in that scene, it just fits it so perfectly. Like, it's it's all just, like, that. What was the music? I don't remember it's like it. That, what that, was it? That, 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 whatever. Like, it's that, like, sort of rap, sort of electronic, kind of hybrid-ish music. Okay. It just fits, it, like, it adds even more energy to, like, an incredibly energetic, maybe even the most energetic scene in the entire movie. Just, you know, so many fist fights. You know, we talked about last time, Jason stated, like, sliding from one level to another, like, underneath a gate. Like, just crazy, ridiculous action. Did this movie come out before or after the first Guardians after, right? Way after. For sure. It came, after, it came out after both Guardians, I think. Because it reminds me of the scene of the, the prison fight scene in Guardians, now that I think about it, right? Yeah, a little bit. I think there's, there's like, a long history of, like, great prison fight scenes. Like, there's this movie called Starred Up. Have either of you seen it, Kim? Do you know Starred Up? It's, like, no, this Australian no. movie. It is 
so badass. Like, I feel like just prison movies in general, like, if you can, like, stomach the general, usual bleakness of the setting, like, they just can have, like, the most brutal fight scenes. I mean, there's a great fight scene in prison in Face Off, yeah. you know, in the Guardian, the Guardians scene that you're talking about is a great one. Like, there's just yeah. something about, like, that, that raw masculine energy caged But I up. also, I was talking just specifically about, like, the leveling and, like, traveling up and down yeah. using the, the Z-axis. Sure. You know? That's a good That's call. what I was... I like that. Yeah. In terms of, uh, of of set pieces, too, if you go back, I'm just looking at the racing time from the first seven movies because I spent so much damn time. <laughs> in uh, seven, there's only 33 seconds of racing time. There's three and a half minutes and six, and there's one minute and five. And in four, there's like five minutes, and before that, it's 15. Go- going all the way back to five, just a second race in the middle of these movies to, to, ac- to accomplish something with, with the plot and move it forward would be a great beat for them. I know the stakes are so high when we're, we're talking about nuclear submarines and, and things right. like that, but there's got to yeah. be a way to it, to... it doesn't have to be like a street race, but something where you have to get to a, another point faster than someone else. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. I also miss... We've talked about this. I also miss that we we're starting to wash out the street racing... And I would like them to bring it back to more so than like a nod to Race Wars and the seventh one. I want them to bring back to where the little street race they have with Brian and Han and Roman and Tej when they're like all in the police cars. Yeah. And they like even race for like, you know, the, the million bucks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to see another one of these kind of things. And so we can get another race in there because I think mandatory, you should you should probably have two races in these. Because in this there movie, there should be at least two races. We have the Havana race, right? Which is yes. incredible. It's a long race too. Is there another race? No. No, the, the yeah. like the chasing the submarine kind of. And chasing Dom in in New York, kind of, but that's that's what you broke down. I think great Kim like racing versus chasing, right? Like that's chasing. That's not really yeah, that's yeah. racing. Crazy. Which because like there is cool car stuff, like them driving on the ice is cool, yeah. literally and metaphorically. But <laughs> it's not it's not what we came to these movies for. Like I think there is you know Joe what you were saying before about like how they're sort of going away from racing. Like I think there's kind of a cool. I know that you want to see it, but, like, there's something cool about, like, when they are in Rio in Fast Five, they're like, we need fast cars, and then we cut to them rolling the cars back into the the garage. Like, I know that I want to see that race, but I think there's something cool about, like, oh, no, like, we know that these guys are going to win. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. there needs to be a way to add in a race or something. I don't know, but yeah. Like, we need a fast car to beat the, the camera and then the, in Rio, right? And they keep yeah. do, they're practicing inside. Like, that's yeah. street racing adjacent, even though they're not really True. racing. Yeah. There are probably, I mean, we were talking about last episode with Austin about how the plane scene where they're jumping cars out of the plane is maybe what he thinks is, like, the, the, they can't go better than that. They can't go bigger than that. Like, that's, like, the ultimate thing they can do. I mean, there's huge action set pieces in here. I don't know where you go from here. I mean, they they literally blow up a nuclear submarine with its own missile. Cool. Like, I don't know. I don't know where you go other than space. Like, where does this franchise go from here with another at least two movies? Like, I feel like Hobbs and Shaw might be a different, more action, less driving. But like, we have two more movies, like core franchise movies. Like, where could we go from here? Space is the one everyone's talking about, right? So yeah. that that's bound they said to happen. Not do it, like, it's. I mean, come on, just just for a second. It doesn't have to be a whole <laughs> a whole space yeah. station kind of thing. But let's see, planes. You got all the like the big convoy motorcade stuff. You could make even bigger. 
the through the mountains motorcade where they parachute down onto it. I guess you could make the 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 motorcade something really. There happens to be a motorcade in like three straight movies. <laughs> yeah, so, there is. So, yeah, so they're going to keep doing that. Other kinds of vehicles, I guess, but it's it's the coolness of the cars that that that's what really makes people come to see these movies so they yeah. can see fast driving and not someone driving a submarine around or like a like a navy destroyer or whatever you know or fighter jets yeah suddenly uh ludicrous knows how to fly a fighter jet like that could <laughs> probably happen <laughs> we've definitely talked about this before that he just like has learned everything really quickly but have we actually gotten to the point where the audience is coming to see them drive because i think that we're losing that that the audience no longer is coming to see them drive fast cars they're coming to see beautiful people action stuff that might involve cars but like when we first started out we definitely were like okay like we're going to see these movies because we want to see like fast cars and like these guys driving crazy and doing cool car stuff and i think that they're trying to like essentially leave the car stuff behind but they're leaving the street racing behind so i'm I'm looking at these these numbers and six and seven have 30 minutes of chasing time. Now, the first movie has a total of 19 minutes of both racing and chasing. Mm-hmm. So that has more car stuff than any movie so far. It's just, it's not street race. It's only the 30-second street race. What's the division of time versus runtime, though? Oh, well, so the first movie is like an hour 45. The sixth and seventh are probably each about two hours and ten minutes. I still like think you know, you're adding in half an hour, but you're also adding 10 or 11 minutes of car time like i think the ratio is still higher in the new ones like there's more movie okay but i think the ratio is still higher too that's what i was trying yeah, to yeah, figure yeah. out yeah okay. just in six and seven before that it was not nearly as high you know what i really want to uh, what are, are there any uh are there any rumblings at bloomberg to update those numbers for fate and beyond or no <laughs> not yet but who knows <laughs> if i mean hopefully these movies we vol- i volunteers tribute yes by the we, way we could do that first of all we, yeah if you give us the rules we could make it happen for you if you need. Just give it. us a byline. If you need the numbers. Yeah, we yeah. Don't, we don't need to be anything else than that, but we can provide the numbers. The, trust the me. rules are on here, and they're so damn specific. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to read one more, real quick. One more. Male Go bicep time. This tally captures all instances in which one or more bare male bicep muscles is visible on screen. A muscle is considered visible only <laughs> if the character is shirtless, disrobing, or wearing a sleeveless shirt. This is a highly restrictive counting methodology since biceps are often visible on characters in close or loose-fitting shirts. Included here is a brief shot of a televised broadcast of The Incredible Hulk featuring a shirtless Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, Hobbs in jail, when he ripped his sleeves off, that would be bicep. Only once he rips his... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleeves yeah. off. Okay. When that he's sleeved, sense. it doesn't count. Well, once, it, once they're off. Then. What I love about the description of that is that you read, like, one sentence. It's like, cool, I, I understand exactly what this is. And then you have, like, another two sentences of, like, increasingly specific measurements for these. <laughs> yeah, because it, like, cause you're like, but what about... And you're like, no, they, they got it. They covered it. <laughs> they know every possible outcome of this. <laughs> did you have anybody claim that you were inaccurate on any of these? Like, did you have any, like, super fans or just, like just internet people in general that were like, I actually counted a different number of bicep or a different amount of bicep time. Now, who the hell is going to take the time to fact check that? Like, <laughs> hey man, they're out there. People are out there. I mean, we've... What was like the feedback on this where people were like, thanks, I was wondering that or like, how was it received like on the back end? This thing got nominated for a 
database award. <laughs> That's awesome. People love this thing. Um, because the methodology, it is really specific, but there's still so many debatable things in here of when something starts, when something stops, and uh, yeah. what constitutes you know, garage time versus hideout time, and does the uh, NOS harpoon count as a use of NOS, or <laughs> only for Fair. a speed boost? What about the NOS that causes an explosion, or forcibly ejects a passenger door? Or yep. do you count a double boost when they hit two NOS buttons at the same time? Like, <laughs> Is that one or two Or boosts? what about the can yeah. of NOS that Brian's drinking out of that he drops the tracker chip into? Does that count yeah. as NOS? Like, what yeah. counts? So yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's pretty impossible to, <laughs> to, to do unless it's the same exact people doing it again, having gone through it. What was the inspiration? Like, who sat down and was like, you know what? I think we should do this. Can you, like, take me into, like, the behind the scenes of, like, how we got here. I'm not sure exactly how this started because one day someone on Dataviz, uh, Mark Glassman, came over and was like, hey, we're working on this Fast and Furious thing. I know you're the pop culture reporter. Uh, would you like to work on it with us? And I was like, okay. hell yeah. <laughs> and we, we had done um, the same kind of thing with Star Wars before, oh, okay. a, a year prior, so I think it was 2016. That Everyone loved that one. And uh, we decided to, to go in on, on Fast and Furious. Who knows what's next? Maybe we'll do another. I would be really excited if you did, because I thoroughly enjoy it. It would be a lot more work, because there's a lot more movies. But, you know, with Avengers Endgame coming up, like, I feel like that could be... But I don't know what you... Cause they're, oh, they're, they're so long. They're so, there's so, they're many so of wildly them. different, too. Like, I, I don't know... What's remarkable about, the, about these movies, and also the Star Wars movies, is that, like, they tell such a variety of stories, but they're all, in their core, very similar. Like, I feel like, I guess there's also a ton more of those, but, like, you could maybe do something Bond-related, because those are all more sort of tightly grouped than, I like, the Marvel movies. I think we did that, too. Okay. <laughs> I really did. I, I think we sense. did a whole... Oh, we did. Yeah, we did a whole Bond one. Yeah, they, because they're, they're so... It's consistent. It's consistent yes. enough that there was once a formula, and it's been tweaked. It hasn't been totally right. uh, jettisoned yeah. for something else. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Very I'm, cool. I'm, I'm very thankful that you had the insight in, in this, because... We use it as a reference guide a lot, and like as just canon to like come back to, and we're like, well, what? How many times did they do? And yep. we just use that as our jumping it's starting our Bible. point. So. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are really hard. Like time a gun is wielded is really hard. It's, it's the things where they keep uh, going from shot to shot, and like, do you count a tank turret? <laughs> it's, it's all this stuff. I mean, so that's the question. Do you count a tank turret? We did count a tank turret, and we only counted the drone. While it was armed. Okay. <laughs> Important distinction. So when, it, when it wasn't armed, it wasn't a weapon until, yeah. Fair. Now, was this the kind of project, did you ever have a point while doing this, while watching these movies frame by frame, where you, like, started to hate these movies? Because we kind of worry at some point in this podcast that we're going to get to a point where, like, I can't watch another one of these movies. Like, did you get to a point? Is there, is there like, a bad, a bad lap? Like, you, like, did everybody hit, like, seven watches and they're like, I can't do this anymore? And they just, like, all walk out of the room or something? No, it, it, it would have, I think it would have been a lot harder to watch these alone because okay. we did do it in a group of three, so there's always something to talk about. So as long as you guys keep talking about it with each other on the, on this podcast, then I think you won't get super sick of it. Okay. Cool. If That's you just good. watch That's it like news. in a vacuum and just never 
just over and over and over again or frame by frame by yourself in a room i i, I don't want to do that nope, nope yeah no neither do yeah. me i mean we we've heard because the, the podcast network started out and we've, t- we've told the story before that it started out with just me and uh our my one friend resident historian mike manzi we were just doing nicholas cage movies and like we we saw that there were a couple other nicholas cage podcasts but we're like they're all mostly dormant we're just going to do our thing and not really worry about it. And I sort of branched out from yeah. there. And we, we kind of got to a point where we don't really care if there's other ones that do it, as long as there's not like one of the most popular podcasts in the world that does it. But when Joe and I had the idea for this one, we're like, oh, nobody's ever done this before. And then like we're I'm watching the, the first movie for the first time we're going to record. And I'm just like, let me just take a look. And I was like, God damn it. Like, there's more, more than one. But like what we've heard is that like they all began to hate the movies pretty quickly. And like we're nowhere near that yet. No, I'm nowhere near that. I think a, a, a smart thing that we're doing maybe is having people like you and Walt and our other guests on to just sort of be able to talk about the movies, like the franchise as a whole, and kind of get your perspective on all the movies as opposed to just like just me and Joe talking about Fate of the Furious again for the second time or the eighth time or whatever. I mean, you're covering a lot of ground. Uh, people, if you have a podcast about one single film where, you, yeah. where you're where you going through every single scene over and over and over again, then you just run out of material, right? But look, this and, and they're coming out with new ones, so yep. there we go. Exactly. So we can get, yeah, we're really hyped for Hobbs and Shaw. We got at least two more of these. They're going to go to space. We got time. You know, Joe, I, we got nothing but time. Got us. Thank you. I, I alley-ooped that one for you so bad. Say it. Yes. Uh, you know, I just had the idea that if we ever get tired of these movies and don't want to do the movies in the form that we're doing that, we could, just like Star Wars Minute, do like the Fast and Furious Minute. And instead of doing a movie per episode, we could do like a daily podcast, like still record the same amount of work or same amount of time, but like spend 10 or 15 minutes talking about one minute of the movie at a time. You know what I mean? Like there's different oh, ways to break these down. I like that. Um, that, you know, we've got endless amounts of opportunity to talk about yeah, these movies. that's a great so. idea. I like it. We got so we got nothing but time and nothing but ideas for I think movies. Kim makes a good point too. I often wind up like if I'm watching these again even like you know to prep for this that I'll be watching with Rachel or my friends will be over and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I need to watch like Fast 5 for tomorrow so we can record." And like so I'm always watching it kind of more in a group anyways. So it it makes it a lot easier for me. I think that yeah, it gives you something new to talk about and you can kind of steal their perspectives too. Yeah. Kim, do you have any other thoughts about Fate of the Furious before we get on to our games and we find out what character you are and play some, do a couple other things? Uh, no, I think we're good. Well, I'm going to, before we start playing the game, I'm going to email you three different pictures in the same email that are visual components for the quiz. Okay. We are writing our own quiz. We have eight questions. Yeah, we're, we're currently gonna... currently tweaking this. Yeah, so we're going to write a couple, own... a couple more, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna play test it a bunch and try to get a more comprehensive, a more in-depth, a more a wider range of characters. But right now, we're going to play the quiz on Zimbio.com. Which Fast and Furious character are you? Here we go. All right, Kim, first things first. How fast do you like to go? NASCAR, roller coaster, Vespa. Roller coaster. Second thing, second, how furious are you? Hulk, Sam Kinison, noted comedian who hates women, apparently. Thank you, Austin, for clarifying yeah. that. Awesome. Or Furious <laughs> Styles from Boys in the Hood. <laughs> uh, let's, let's do Hulk. Ooh, okay. Ah, sometimes you get angry. Okay. Who would you risk <laughs> your life for? Family, friends, anyone, or no one? Let's do anyone. Wow. Oh, good answer. So you're super that angry, hadn't... but also super giving. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting yeah. combination. You know? It Shoot. depends on whether you anger me or not. Like... <laughs> well, hopefully we are still... Hopefully, you know, we are... I mean, I know that, you know, as Hulk, you are angry all the time, but hopefully, you know, the sun's getting real low, big guy, and hopefully we're 
calming you down. <laughs> Alright, Kim, choose a one-liner. Why don't you just pack it up before I leave tread marks on your face? I'm a boy who appreciates a good body regardless of the make. When are you going to give Martin Luther King his car back? He's like gravity. Everything just gets pulled to him. There's never nothing. There's always something. Ride or die. Ride or die. That's what I think, too. Okay. Someone you have a crush on is standing over there. What will you do? Nothing. Let them come to me. I'm going over there. Stand here and stare at them. I'm out of here. Go over there and uh, sing them a birthday song. Like Kiss from a Rose? Oh, yeah. Kiss from a Rose. (laughs) All right. This is going to be the first picture that I want you to look for. Choose your ride. So find the picture of the cars. 2010 Alfa Romeo Giulietta, 2009 Dodge Challenger SRT8, Plymouth Roadrunner, Gurkha LAPV, or 2010 Koenigsegg CCXR. I'm going to do that Challenger. Okay, cool. Yeah, very, very popular pick. Which of these opposites do you tend toward, positive or negative? Positive. How do you feel about lying? I'm a big liar. I lie sometimes, no big deal. If I do lie, I feel bad about it forever. Call me Honest Abe. Sometimes, no big deal. How do you say goodbye to someone you love? Remember them every day? Turn your back and walk away? Pour your 40 (laughs) out? You don't. Uh, Turn your back and walk away? (laughs) I really like that the first two have to rhyme. I know. It sounds like we're getting into something, and then it's like, or pour your 40 out. Every time, every time, I think the third and fourth one are going to rhyme, and they don't, and it bothers me every time. They do I know it really. We have to add that. Can we? Can we make a mental note to do that in our quiz at some point? Okay. Like to have like three answers that rhyme and then one that just like doesn't make any sense. I also kind of want to uh, do a quote from these movies that we could add to that because I, I do like that. I don't know where all those quotes are from necessarily, but I like having something directly ripped from these movies in the quiz. Fair. Okay, Kim. Second picture. Find the action hero one. Choose an action hero. John Kimball. Wrong picture from Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> John Matrix from Commando, James Carter from Rush Hour, Nikita from La Femme Nikita, John Rambo, or The Rock as Hercules. It's The Rock as Hercules. That that movie was fabulous. I have not seen it. I need to. Maybe we'll do that for our rock lap, our our pit stop rock. Yeah, rock on. Kim, what's your favorite article of clothing? My dark jeans, my favorite wife beater, my too tight T-shirt, my old sneakers, my leather jacket. Do a leather jacket. I don't think anybody's ever picked that. I don't think we've had one. I I don't think we had that one either. That's what I was thinking. Kim, it's our anniversary. What are we doing? Candlelit dinner for two. (laughs) You asked it like he. (laughs) What are we doing? Your anniversary. (laughs) I ask it that way every time. Just, just so you know. I don't know if you've ever caught it before, but I always. (laughs) No, I did. I always say it that way. (laughs) I mean, Kim, it's our anniversary. (laughs) What are we doing? Candlelit dinner for two somewhere dark. Let's just go somewhere dark. Let's drive. Oh man. Why don't we just uh, why don't we just go somewhere dark? Okay. Do you think going somewhere dark implies having sex? No. Okay, I didn't think so either. It's just like we, night, we've had this conversation before, though. Somebody else you could be going on a walk like... or something. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I thought. You just like hang out. Yeah. All right, Kim. Last question. Last picture you need to look at the desk, the background. If you were to have your photo taken, what would the background be? Desert, blue sky, garage, city lights. An explosion. Oh my god, it's an explosion. Alright. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look at that explosion. So it's so mighty. Pretty epic. Alright, Joe, do you have any guesses who Kim is? Gonna guess the rock. 
Kim, you are Dominic Toretto. Oh, yeah. I was Dom or The Rock. I knew it. A born leader with certain faith and a moral code that puts family and friends above all, you walk around with huge confidence. You can be Kurt, Mm. but you're a lover and a fighter. Life in the fast lane is a philosophy, not an empty saying for you. Plus, Joe, Kim, you drive drive like the wind blows. blows. So welcome to our family as Dom. Do we have a Dom yet? Jordan was a Dom. Chris podcast is a Dom. Third Dom. Wow. Dom is a. It's a. That's a strong choice, though. Wonder how much the charger plays into that. Yeah. No. I'm glad. Yeah. All right. Like so it. now we have another game here. I was. I was thinking you were going to get Roman, by the way, because you. You were. You were in the Roman camp. Yeah. <laughs> and we've gotten some Romans, but everybody that didn't want to be Roman got Roman. Got Roman. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was like if you were trying to answer it and not be Roman, the it, the quiz plays really well to make you a Roman. Right? <laughs> now, Kim, do you know a lot about cars or not a lot about cars? I know enough about cars, but I also don't drive, but I love cars. It's strange. That's cool. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Okay. So the reason I ask is we have another game on the show where fans send in pictures of cars, and I, who know nothing about cars, try to get Joe, who knows a fair amount about cars, to guess them based on my terrible, terrible clues. So, your choice. We have three pictures tonight. We can play one or two or three. Would you like to try to guess alongside Joe, or do you want to see the pictures and help me give clues? Uh, I can guess alongside Joe. Okay. Oh, awesome. I have a partner today. Finally. Okay. I never had anybody that plays with me. Okay. Really? All right. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to play. We'll start with one. We'll start with our newest fan, Joe Reed, who wrote in Joe 3. Shout out Joe 3. Okay. Uh, he, he sent in a picture. This car is red. So that helps. Thanks. So uh, the, helpful. The, 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 the car is American. Okay. It's an American okay. mo- American car. It appears... The, the joke... Wait, wait, Kim. Yeah. Kim, the joke is that in the very first one that we did of these, I was like, Joey started describing it to me, and he was like, silver. And I was like, oh, <laughs> fucking great. Which I like, know that isn't was, like, helpful, but it, he thought. it was still the first thought that came to my head, so first thought, best thought. Yeah. Uh, this mm-hmm. car be- appears in, in the franchise, he says, he thinks twice, both in the first movie and the fourth movie, okay? Okay. Two-door, hard body, four headlights, two and two, with a light underneath the two, so there's two circular headlights on both sides. Okay. A rectangular light below them. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, sort of a raised hood in the front a little bit. A hood scoop, kind of? I'm going to Google what that means. Is it like a... Okay. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, hood scoop. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. It is from... I'll give you the year. It's from 1970. Is it... a Challenger? No, it's... No, but if you, you want to ask yes or no questions, it's not a Dodge. Is it a Chevy? It is a Chevy. Is it a... Oh, is it a truck? Is it a Chevelle? It is a Chevelle. It's a Chevelle SS. Oh, oh yeah. yeah Good job. Go. Now, I, wonder, I just remember that car from the movie. So I'm going to put in here in, in the Skype chat. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, yeah. I clicked gallery and it opened yep, it. Yep. There's the picture. It is a beautiful, looks like a cherry red Chevelle, 1970 Chevelle. Oh, Joe yeah. says the car appears twice in the post credit scene of the first movie. Where I guess ah. where Dom drives off into the into the desert, and also yes, uh, Dom races one in Fast and Furious, the fourth one. So you know, okay, pretty cool one. Okay, yeah, that was actually kind of a deep cut for it being so obvious. That was that was a good good send, good good picture. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The headlights are that's what did it. Next car picture, yeah. <laughs> if you want to do another one, is from friend of the show Melissa Lynham. Go for it. It is from 2010. It's an Italian car. It's, okay, it's silver. The uh, it's got two headlights. Uh, on either uh, one headlight on either side, one little fog light below it on either side. Triangular grill in the front. It's a two-door car, What's but it looks like it could be a called? four. The Alpha Spider. What is the? Is it a Spider still? 
It's not a spider, but it is an Alfa Romeo. Is it it yeah, is an Alfa, but... It used to be called a, a spider, is what this car was, but they changed the name of it, and I can't think of the new name of the car. When you were, like, small Italian... Like, Alfa makes... It's essentially one car at this point. Um, fuck. I don't know the name of it. Yeah, I don't know the name of it. It's, uh... I, I don't know how to better describe it. I mean, you guys are... I think you're just there. I don't know if I can describe it to a place where you I'm there. Yeah, I can't, I can't come up with a name with it. I, I can see the car. Uh, this is a I little bit... Not really it. trolling by Melissa, but this is the car from the car game picture. This is the oh, Alpha the Julietta? Julietta. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. I, but I think that that's, that, that's like, more like an, a small SUV type thing. It doesn't look like an it's SUV. A, it looks more it like station wagon Station wagon Yeah. It's, it's a hatchback, hatchback, right? Yeah. They used to not look like this so much. They used to have just, like... It used to be, like, a really small car. Good job. She did troll us uh-huh. a little bit. She said... Got us. Her question, or her email said, if Joe 2 looks at the Fast and Furious character quiz weekly, then they'll recognize his car as a 2010 Alfa Romeo Giulietta. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping he doesn't, but if he does, then I'll have to find another car. And I said, even if he looked no, at it every I week, uh, he would not remember it, because that's just not how your brain works. Uh, okay, <laughs> one more car picture. This one from Wes. Um, we got two okay. here. This is a Japanese car in production since 92. It is okay. blue. Okay. Hood scoop and a spoiler. Okay. Dual exhaust on is both it, sides. Is it Subaru blue? It is Subaru blue. <laughs> okay. Uh, that, that actually helped. Like, the blue there really... Okay, got it. It is in production, still in production today since 1992, featured in several of the films in this franchise. STI. Driven by... No, not an STI. Nope. WRX? It is a WRX. The Impreza WRX. Yeah. You guys. I don't think that they have... Do they have STIs in this in these movies? Sexual transmitted infection? Are they all WRXs? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is an STI. That, that red sticker on the front, that's what that says. That little red sticker on the front of it right there. But yes, an STI is just like a... It's like the LX version of a WRX. So it's like the... The M3 to the BMW 3 Series. Cool. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so that was all. Thank you all to Joe, Melissa, and Wes. You guys did good. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad that Kim played with me. Thank you. I appreciate it, Kim. Anytime. Cool. So now we have one more game to play, Kim. If you listened to an episode, you would have heard it. Oh, my God. This ain't no 10-second race, <laughs> a.k.a. It's my favorite game. Boy, favorite do we game. have a podcast for you. So the rules of this game are pretty simple. <laughs> I want you to go on Twitter and find any tweet. Any tweet that you think, when we reply to them with, boy, do we have a podcast for you, link to our show page, hashtag Fast and Furious, that there's a chance that they would acknowledge it, that they would like it, that they might enjoy the show. There's no right or wrong way to play it, although it feels like the, the wrong way to play it is how we've been playing it, because we have had no luck, really. Um, the score after so many games is Joe has nine, I have five, Chris has one, no one else has any points. Huh. So while you guys look... Let me review. So last episode, Joe, you found yes. at Aliosa, Wingardium Leviosa, we have right here, Ollie Hill said, they run rings around the mothership. Hobbs and the Papa Alien have a high-octane fist fight in the tractor beam. Dom mumbles repeatedly about galactic family and living life one quarter parsec at a time. <laughs> the aliens weep as they realize the error of their ways all is well. Well, Ollie, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Good news and bad news, Joe. Good news, he did not block you. Bad news, okay. he did not respond. So, no points, 
but a step in the right direction, if you will. That, that works. Okay. All right. I found Mike Pearl at Mike Lee Pearl says the best evidence that Hollywood is run by idiots is that there's no Fast and Furious Christmas movie. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. No response. There was, what did we say in this movie? There is a reference to Christmas or something? We talked about it on this episode, I think. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the Chipmunks the oh, Christmas yes. album. He plays it for the baby. So That's this is the closest is. thing we have to a Fast and Furious Christmas movie. But again, Mike Lee Pearl did not respond. Our guest last time, Austin Wolf Southern, found that poll from Mike Morbid at J. Mike Morbid. What movie has a connection to car chases and peas? Boy, do we have a podcast for you. No response. So once again, uh, you know, keeping up our streak of very little luck. No points there. So, Kim or Joe, do either of you have... I got mine. A tweet. Okay, send it to me. I have a tweet from Joel, home Joel, at Galactic Nith, Ninth. Sorry. I recently watched through all of the Fast and Furious series. The transition from Hey Cool Turbo to Only You Can Stop Charlize Theron from nuking from <laughs> nuking the whole world is incredible. Boy, do we have a podcast for Joel. Galactic Ninth, hopefully you will find some mirth and some happiness in this show. Also, Kim, the for for the record, the scoring is a like of a tweet is one point, retweet is two, reply is five, if they email us ten points. So a lot of points at stake here. Kim, did you find a tweet that you think we should tweet at from at Cage Club Pod? This show does not have a Twitter, but our, our network's Twitter, at Cage Club Pod. Do you have a, uh, a tweet that you would like us to send to? I think so. All right, let me send it to you. Do you want to read the tweet? Yes, this, uh, this tweet is from Scoobert Dubert. <laughs> it just says, the new oh. Fast and Furious film looks strange, and it's a photo of Chris Pratt and Sonic the Hedgehog on the back of the <laughs> That new Sonic the Hedgehog is setting the internet ablaze with his muscular, yeah. muscular legs. Scuba Duber so at Stealth Oblivion. Boy, do we have a podcast oh, for you. Shout out Scuba Duber. Okay. It's something that we talk about a lot. I'm going to put the, the link in uh, Skype if you guys want to see it. It's from at the Funny Cater, Lamborghini Cersei. So I guess maybe a car and Game of Thrones reference. I watched Italian okay. Job two days ago, and I swear it was exactly like a Fast and Furious movie, complete with Charlie Theron and oh Jason Statham, and also, behind the scenes, directed by F. Gary Gray, who directed this movie. Well, Lamborghini, whatever your real name is, boy, do we have a podcast for you, Too Fast, Too Forever. Yeah, he's definitely going to block you. Oh, 100%. I feel like my, my early predictions, you're going to get ignored, Kim is going to get yes. a like, I'm yes. going to get blocked. Makes sense. So, well, I mean, nice. we'll see. Well, Kim, we're going to keep the tally of your of everyone's scores forever. So, if if you ever choose to possibly grace us with your presence <laughs> again and come back, we'll let you know how your tweet did. Yep. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Really keeps track of them. We would love we to have know. you back at some some future point. Maybe you and Walt together. You know, the the serious heavy hitting journalist that we have on our <laughs> for oh, some oh, reason oh, oh, oh. gracing us with your presence on this show, but. We thank you I was, so much for doing this. What were you going to say, Joe? I was describing, I was talking to one of my coworkers today, and I was saying that, like, we have a guest tonight, and I was explaining um, a little bit about what I knew about Kim and his, his job. He was like, why would he ever come <laughs> <on?"> <laughs> And I was like, people like these movies, okay? Like, they're fun movies. And he's like, oh, like, just so confused. They're fun movies. This is very important. The uh, See You Again was the music playing when we cut our wedding cake. I mean, oh, come on. That's so perfect. Man. It does, I mean, it's it's beautiful. There's something for everyone, man. You can get anything in here. Like, it's somber. It can be happy. It can be familial. It can 
be sad. It's whatever whatever you want it to be. Good amount of representation in these films. It's, yep. all, it's all good. Which yeah. we love. Yeah, yeah, we talk about this a lot. Finally, a set of movies that's just not like 50 white guys, right? No, yeah, even from the beginning. not. I mean, there's a lot of white guys in the first one, but also <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, other other people of other ethnicities and races and genders and everything. So yeah. shout out we Fast and that. Furious for being diverse and inclusive in ways that really doesn't have to be, but it is anyway. So all yeah. the power to it. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for joining us. Anything you want to plug? You've got your invitation-only series on YouTube. Are you doing any more of those? Uh, yes, we're probably doing some more of those uh, in the future, but no time frame yet. Please cool. check that show out. It's called Invitation Only at uh, Bloomberg's YouTube channel or on Bloomberg's Hulu channel. That's also the link on your Twitter, right? Your Twitter link is to that yep. playlist, I think, right? Yep, I'm at Kim Basine on Twitter. That's K-I-M-B-H-A-S-I-N, and the link to the uh, show is on there. Yeah, they're they're really, really cool. I, I will actually watch them more than once because I thought they were so interesting, but I made Rachel watch them again with me. We're just mesmerized. I'm super jealous of your job, and I think that the videos are awesome. They come out great. You do a great job at it, so... Keep it up for me, please. And if you, so I can't wait till you, I can't wait till you release more of them. And I hope that you do more videos of other stuff too. I was like trying to describe to my friends, and I was, I hope you don't take offense to this, but <laughs> I was like, you literally do most expensive as shit, like two chains, but you are two chains in this version <laughs> of most expensive shit, and it's like the coolest thing ever to me. I was like, he, but he is two chains in that. Don't take that the wrong way. No, no, no of course I love not. Both of them, it, it, so. an inspiration to us all. <laughs> exactly. If you want to see Kim wear a $4 million ring from Tiffany, if you want to see Kim make jokes about racks and racks, or both kinds of racks <laughs> you can think about while talking about a, a bra that Lady Gaga wore, uh, go check them out. They're, what's great about them, especially for you know today's short ADHD attention span thing, is they're only like four or five minutes each. And like it's... It's super cool. You meet like these interesting, crazy people who not crazy people, but like interesting people who have these like crazy shops and these crazy jobs and just yeah. you know, spell sell or rent out the 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 things that, you know, we can only imagine ever even getting to sell never let alone, you know, yeah. touch or get to try on or being invited upstairs into the library of fashion or whatever she called it in that one thing. It's just you are living a blessed life, Kim. And so just keep up the good work always well so that is our last episode of this year joe we have the next episode coming out our oh, that's true. tune up no one likes the tune up recap relap next episode comes out january 1st 2019 we will New see Year's you Day. next year as a reminder because this one comes out before it everybody watch how wacky cnn gets oh. on new year's eve it's the best new yeah. year's eve broadcast you can watch kim do you know about this like cnn like let's basically lets the inmates run the asylum on new year's eve have you ever watched cnn on new year's eve <laughs> are, are there like main anchors not on that night because it's new year's eve no but... it is don lemon gets but they're just fucked they up let them get drunk and like they they like had like the one the one anchor woman in like a weed shop in like denver and she was just getting like contact high the whole night it just tanks like it gets really wild who was on last joey who was on when we were watching with anderson anderson cooper's parents insulted nicole kidman on air yeah <laughs> no it wasn't his parents it was it was the comedians who was who was the comedian with them no i thought i thought it was his parents no because because he interviewed nicole kidman and keith urban her husband right and yeah. then i think later i think it was his mom who said something just like oh like that like it just was like oh like she just took a shot at nicole kidman on, <laughs> yeah. on national yeah, tv it just, it's really wild i highly recommend everybody watch it because this is coming out before it. i like to just just tell everyone like if you want to watch a good 
New Year's Eve broadcast, I really think CNN is the best one because it gets wacky as shit. And take it from take like, it from me. One drink, like I, Joe and I spent New Year's together last year because Joe's wife was working and I just didn't have anywhere to go, so I drove up there. He's like, "Let's watch CNN," and I was like, "I don't want to do that. Like that doesn't sound fun." And then it is like it sounds like <laughs> there's gonna be nothing to watch, and it is ridiculous. So I endorse go watch CNN's New Year's coverage because. It's crazy. And also listen to our Zack Attack episode about New Year's Eve, where we even have a countdown to midnight, if, you, if that's something that you're interested in. Uh, the Zac Efron, Michelle Pfeiffer, every other actor under the sun. Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Go check out Kim's invitation-only series on YouTube, at Kim Basine on Twitter. Go check out his writing at Bloomberg. Go check out Stats of the Furious, which is incredible, which we will continue yeah. to reference on the show. But thank you for joining us, and thank you for all the work that you've done here, just in terms of just pop culture and in terms of luxury and in terms of just fun, crazy, cool shit like Stats of the Furious. Thanks for having me, y'all. This is awesome. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon if you want to get some sweet merch and kick us a couple bucks, patreon.com slash Forever. And we'll see you in two weeks, hopefully, after you watch the CNN uh, New Year's Eve <laughs> hopefully. countdown. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Kim Basin of Bloomberg. And we'll see you in two weeks right here for Tune Up, Lap 2 on Too Fast, Too Forever. I'm with the gang, 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 and we about to go up. Just in lanes, it's a thing every time we show up. You were lame, 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 and you so below us. Bet your hoes you know us, because you know we glowed up. We stay down.